Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can access it from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Yo, check out the award-winning docuseries Elementary Genocide. This docuseries provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docuseries features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment. Elementary Genocide 3, The Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor, and when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news, and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back, and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is a cool up cultivated roots media, and I choose to tune into Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now, our feature presentation. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And it's been a minute since I've been on the air and I got to talk to the family. A lot of things has been happening. As y'all know, I was nominated for the Sarnetta TV Award, so I was up in New York. And um, very monumental moment, and shout out to Sarnetta. He was able to get Hebrews, Moors, Israelites, Nation of Gods and Earth, Nation of Islam, and everybody else under one roof. And it was all about unity, empowerment, building, and honoring our ancestors, and honoring those that are still amongst us that are out here doing the work. So that that was something that um, I participated in, and it was very good. 
uh, came back to Atlanta and I was at the Liberation Mind Homeschool Expo where I actually filmed a segment of the documentary Elementary Genocide during the meet and greet. And we had a panel discussion, very good. A lot of people came out and it was a monumental moment. Um, today, we have a special guest, and you know, we normally don't have special guests, but today we have a special, special guest. We have Marcia. Hey, what's up, everybody? Marcia is no stranger to the Necessary Blackness podcast family. This would be your second time on here, right? That's right, that's right. Hopefully, it won't be your last. Um, we were sitting here and we was talking, and um, we was talking about what's going on in the world of entertainment. There's a lot of things that's happening. And some of it is exactly what it is, entertainment. <laughs> right. And we was listening to a clip, and I'm going to play that. I was listening to some of the lyrics. And uh, one of them said, uh, she know I'm kind of ugly. It's like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. That, that lyric getting on, like. That bit pop out. That's what. I don't know. Well, yeah. Ain't gonna lie. I know I'm ugly too. You think you're ugly? Love peace. Love peace. I still get hope. Trim, trim. I still, I still be on my fly man shit though. Well, you know, money makes you handsome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fame, fame makes you handsome too. I know. That's why they be talking about he, he ugly, but. I still, yeah, I already know. But I ain't fuck these hoes. I got a wife. Yeah? Yeah. You wifed up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know though, man. Uh, are you in, remember there was a whole Kodak thing about how he prefers light skin, light skin girls? Because uh, I broke up with he, he was saying how, how dark skin, light skin girls are easier, yeah. easier to control, I guess. <laughs> Something like that. Are you on that? I ain't gonna lie. What'd he say? I'm already black. I don't need no black bitch. Right. That's what he said. Throw your hand. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I can't have no cut. Like, I know if I'm fucking with you, I'm black as fuck, right? I'm black as shit. Yeah, black is beautiful though, man. So I know if if, if I fuck with a black bitch, we're gonna have a black ass baby. So? I ain't with that. Why? Cause I'm already black as fuck. So? I can't. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, this is an interesting thing. You know what I mean? Like, so if you have a baby, you don't want your baby to be the same complexion as you? Mm. Why? This a once in a lifetime thing. What do you mean? Like, this a dark ass shade. They be, hell nah. I can't, I can't have. Is your mom same shade as you? Nah. She's hell like, nah. I'm mm. like caramel mocha. Okay, so your dad is darker. Yeah. Okay. Nah, that's, oh boy. You talking about, I'm black. You see that boy. So your dad is actually darker? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you, has your mom ever said that, that she doesn't want her grandkids to be? No. Okay. But, but, but you're saying that, that you don't want a kid that, that, that's going to be your complexion. But don't, don't, you want, don't you want your kid to look like you, though? Yeah. Do you have kids? No. You ain't got no kids. Well, let me tell you something. Man. When you have kids, you're going you to really enjoy having that kid look like you. You're going to enjoy seeing yourself in that kid. Trust me, I, I got I got friends that are parents, man, who who definitely get off on that. You know what I mean? But well, fuck it, it is what it is. 
But this is a clip about Glock 9. And he's a rapper from um, South Florida. And a lot of critics call him the next Kodak Black. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, in addition to him being from the same geographical location, they both make similar asinine statements. Right. When it comes to blackness. They are the enemies of black skin, although both of them have dark skin. Dark skin. They both dark. Which I, I, I really don't understand. But then again, I do understand right. because if anybody knows about the Kenneth Clark study, they will see the psychological effect that racism and white supremacy have on individuals where they would prefer a white doll over a black right. doll. So we know where that stemmed from. So what, what's your take? What do you think about this situation with uh, Glock 9? Well, first of all, I think, of course, we all know that this is an issue of self-hatred. Now, that's mm -hmm. definitely. But I think that one thing people need to understand is what else would you expect, though, for someone of this caliber? You know what I'm saying? Um, so if you have a lack of self-respect, how could you have an appreciation for your people or where you come from? And another thing that was disturbing to you, and y'all going to hear the interview, is how when he was being interviewed by Vlad, Vlad which is a Russian, Euro, white guy, the questions was like almost Baited. leading. He was baiting him. And he was baiting him to say certain things. And the way that he did it, after he bait him to say derogatory statements about being black, he then would say stuff like, come on, right. black is beautiful. Yeah. You can't really mean that. It didn't really seem genuine. That. Yeah, it, it, didn't it, didn't, genuine. it didn't seem genuine. It's like he knows what to say because he has experience in public relations. So you, he knows what you're supposed to say and what you're not. And I feel like that's the problem because he knows they're not trained and they're not educated in that. Like, they don't know that's not proper for them to say, or maybe it's not a good look. Yeah, he need, he definitely needs media training. Um, He's an independent artist, from what I know. Never heard his music. Never. This is the first time that this individual has been on my radar, or I even heard of him. But apparently he has a following. Yeah, apparently he has a following. And like I said, he's based out of Atlanta, Florida, and he's known for a song called Crayola. And in this song, he has uh, 2.8 million views, and it was played 25 million times. So I did a little research on him, and there's an interview where they asked him, Glock 9, how did you get your name? And he said he loves watching Channel 9. He always keep a Glock with him, and he spells it with two Ks, right? And he says the two Ks is for kill, kill, because that's all he know. Mm. Once again, family, I told you this is about entertainment, and it's purely entertainment. Dude, you a rapper. You ain't killing nobody. You know, you're a teenager. But, you know, this is what sells records, and this is what um, some rappers tend to do in today's climate. Um, he has received a lot of backlash, but in addition to receiving backlash, he has got a lot of notoriety. Like, that video from Vlad is 
the highest viewed you- video mm-hmm. this week. Mm. And it's been shared all over the internet. You even have certain celebrities that are chiming in and saying how this is a disgrace, you know. And see, that's the problem, though, when you think about Vlad, because I've heard about, like, Dame Dash calling people culture Culture vultures. vultures. So at what point does he become a culture vulture? Because he knows what he's doing. He's trying to get clicks. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So what else is going on in the world of entertainment? Well, besides that craziness, we got, what, 50 Cent and Papoose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Remy Ma in the middle, because we know that Remy has love for 50. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, they showed the interview where Remy was saying that um, she was surprised when she was locked up, going to the parole board, trying to put in for her appeal. 50 Cent was... He held her down. Yeah, that wrote her letters, letting them know that as soon as she come out, she got a job. This is where she be working. Always asking, was she all right? If she need anything. Mm -hmm. So, Remy posted a picture. Yeah, looking good. Yeah. And and shout out to Remy. Remy lost a lot of weight and she's looking good. And 50 Cent responded and he gave her a compliment on her weight loss. And he said... Direct quote, damn, Remy, you lost a lot of weight. Hey, Slim, I don't see no sexual overtone there. I don't see no flirting or none of that. To me, it was a compliment. But you have several clickbait online media sites that caption their headline, 50 Cent flirts with Remy Ma and Papoose responds. Right. Now, what was the response that Papoose gave? Papoose was like, damn, Daphne Joy, no wedding yet? If 50 Cent doesn't marry you, I'll introduce you to my homeboy. He's more mature. Was that mature? Nah, that wasn't mature at all because I don't think that 50 Cent made that comment with any sexual malice or anything. Any malice. um, But mainstream media. Ran with it, and um, allegedly, um, Remy Ma blocked him, or Papoose blocked him, and uh, you know, Fifty Cent is the king of clapback, mm. and he said something to the effect of that he's blocking Papoose until, until he becomes what he said the breadwinner, yeah, in the, the breadwinner in the household, or Take make care of her, yeah. yeah, just as much money as Remy Ma. Yeah, it ain't, ain't too much you can come back and say for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, this whole thing is crazy because Papoose knows his wife has to put her... I mean, she she's putting herself out there for a reason. I mean, she posted pictures up for a reason. And 50 wasn't out of line. Like, his, his comment was cool. Like, you know, he was just giving her a friendly compliment. But I think that shows more about where Papoose is. Like, what Low space he's in. Yeah, and you know, that's unfortunate because 50 seemed like he would be a good ally. Hey, listen, 50 Cent is winning right now with power. I know. Yeah, so you know. And he got love for Remy. So you always want people in your corner who got love for you. And you know, unfortunately, you know, this happened at a pivotal moment because I think they celebrate in 10 year anniversary and she's announcing that she's she's expecting, right? So I don't think. Um, Papoose has anything to worry about, and um, as two black men, I hope that um, they're able to reconcile yeah. any difference that they do have. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. So stay tuned. This is Raheem Shabazz, and you are tuned into Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I'm here with Marcia. And for those that don't know Marcia, let them know what radio show that you can be found on. All right, you all can check me out on Civil Rights and Civil Wrongs on voiceitradio.com. All right, stay tuned, family. For all my listeners of Necessary Blackness Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I personally recommend The Mother of Black Hollywood by Jennifer Lewis. My favorite is The Last Unicorn by Tiffany Haddish. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. Peace, family. This is Tyreek from Nagas Footwear, the first African prize sneaker. We have the Nat Turners, the Marcus Garvey's at sneakerscustoms.com. Stop on over, get your sneakers and stride with pride. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. This is Shalee. When I'm not in the gym, I'm checking my son out on his podcast each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Make sure you check out Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns, founder of The Wonderful from Afros and Shell Toes and Sweet Tea Ethics. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African-centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie, Raheem Shabazz, on the Necessary Blackness Podcast. It's essential. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. Hey, this is Marcia from Civil Rights and Civil Wrongs. And when I want to stay connected to the people, I tune in to the Fitted Cat Philosopher, Raheem Shabazz, on Necessary Blackness Podcast. Okay, family, we are back from our quick commercial break. And in this segment, we're going to discuss Charlemagne the God. Right, right. So recently, you know, Story came out about Charlemagne the God, and I think back in with the two thousand and one, absolutely, uh, Charlemagne was accused of rape by someone. Her name is Jessica Reed, and at that time she was fifteen years old. And in a recent interview uh, she did with the Blast, Reed says that she wants to revisit this case with Charlemagne. Wow! Right. So I guess back. During these times, uh, she was Charlemagne was accused of drugging and raping Miss Reed, 
And then later on, we find out that he was arrested for willingly, unlawfully, and feloniously engaging in penile vagina intercourse with the 15-year-old, right? Um, But later, he was found guilty of a lesser underage drinking charge. And I I think we should add that the reason why he pleaded guilty to a lesser charge is because he took responsibility for throwing the party for providing the alcohol, but they took a DNA test and his DNA didn't come back conclusive. Right. It was negative. Yeah. That um, he raped her, although it was alleged that she was raped. But just not by Charlemagne. But he created the conditions is what they're saying. Yes. Okay. So it's almost like contributing to a delinquence of a minor. So then you have Charlemagne on his own podcast i believe it's called brilliant idiots brilliant idiots and during this podcast he admits to giving a woman spanish fly and having sex with her and um she was wasted during this time and then the whole issue comes up whether or not she knew that she had spanish fly and he didn't admit to her knowing or her not knowing that she had it had, had been exposed fly. to it. But right. he does say that she wasn't coherent at the time. And so his co-host or someone on the podcast was like, hey, man, you know that was rape, right? Yeah, and I think the whole podcast was centered around rape culture. And I heard Charlemagne speak openly about the lyrics, some of the things that we did, our movies. behavior, movies. It all was Advocating, rape culture. yeah. And now, in 2018, we're starting to acknowledge a lot of things that we did was wrong. But my question is, in regards to the incident that happened with the Spanish fly, Mm -hmm. he admits to what he did, he said it was wrong, and he's talking about rape culture. Should he be vilified? with the Me Too movement in the same light as Harvey Weinstein? Well, I think that is a loaded question in the sense where he has kind of like come to terms of understanding how he was brought up in the culture in which he was a part of was not appropriate. Mm. But I think that's growing up and when you start to mature and understand like, hey, what we was involved in wasn't necessarily correct. I think it's more important that you have someone with a voice uh, like his, who's bringing attention, saying like, hey, man, what we was involved in, that was not, you know, the thing to do. So I think it's more important to have him as an ally to help inform and educate other people r- rather than villainize him. Yeah. yeah. So. And I think it's real good on his behalf that he's using his platform to right. do that because he has a big platform. And speaking about platform, you know, there's a petition. Mm-hmm. That's going around. They try that, to get the brother fired. Yes, but it's not for this incident. It's for the other incident with Miss Reed. Yeah, with with Miss Jessica Reed. Okay. But the thing people has to be aware of is that there can be no prosecutional um, 
charges filed to him for that incident because he already pleaded guilty to a lesser included offense. Right. So they can't reopen it. The victim had to agree to it. And, you know, from what I'm told, she didn't want to testify. So what is she seeking? She's just, is she um, seeking anything or is this the public hater? Openly, she's not seeking anything. Like, it didn't come out that she's seeking any monetary damage. But you can bet your last bottom dollar. 17 years later, Charlemagne is a cultural icon right. for being on the radio with The Breakfast Club and just who he is as a person. Because, you know, there's only one avenue that can be explored because you just mentioned that legally, criminally, he can't be touched. Yeah. So if she says she wants this revisited, there's only one... Civil suit. Right. So that's money. Yeah. Okay. And it's kind of it's kind of you know um suspect of all these years, and um she's coming forth. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna play the clip where Charlemagne and his co-host Andrew Schultz talks about rape culture, and this is an interview from 2015. And we're gonna let you hear, family, and you be the judge. We stated how we feel, and you might feel a little different. All right, you be the judge. So check out this interview. We'll be right back. But I remember a scenario, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. I got this girl real drunk, and um, I fought. We just fought. that sentence sounds a little fishy. I, I, I got her drunk. And now I, 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 I didn't just get her drunk. I remember going. I, I went to the sex store and got Spanish fly. Oh, so you raped her. Shut up. <laughs> Spanish fly. In, they sell it in the sex store. You, I'm, I'm telling the truth. They, they spell it in the Spanish store. I had to fucking, I had to fucking spell it. They sell I mean, they knives sell in the, the sex store, store too. You could put that to a girl's throat yeah, and have sex store. with it. It doesn't mean so, it's illegal. So I put the Spanish fly in the ENJ. We drinking the ENJ and shit. So in my mind, I don't know if this shit really worked, but I felt like I got horny as a motherfucker too. So she was drunk and shit and we had sex and shit and like, a lot of my boys was trying to come in the room and fuck her. I'm like, nah, chill out. I can't. I'm not doing that. And I'm like, yeah. let's run a train on it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> right. So. If it's so, just one-on-one, -on -one, it ain't right. Yeah. So the next. <laughs> Trains are right. So the next morning she wakes up. The next morning she wakes up and um, we talk about it. And she's like, what happened? Like, we had sex. She said, okay, well, I'm glad it was you. Then a couple days later. She's like, yo, are you sure I only had sex with you? Because <laughs> one of my stupid ass cousins was going around saying he fucked her, which he didn't. I, okay. I know for a fact he didn't. Okay. I was dead the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He did not fuck her. Yeah. He looked at her naked, but he didn't fuck her, <laughs> right? So, so, so I'm telling her, no, me and you just had sex. Nobody else did nothing. So it just was weird that she was like, well, I'm just glad it was you. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. in my mind, I'm like, yo, you could have been in a real bad situation if it was another That's a motherfucker. Huge compliment, there. man. A girl just said, yo. <laughs> At least you raped me. <laughs> I didn't rape her. <laughs> I did not rape said. her. I did not rape hey, her. Hey, if it was any of your cousins or friends, it would have been raped. But I you, didn't rape her because me and her had every intention of having sex with each other. So then why would you put the Spanish fly? I was a freaky... I'm still a freaky motherfucker, but I was a really... I was... I've Listen, my Wait, whole... was she passed out while you fucked her? Nah, she wasn't like... She was like one of those drunks where... <laughs> no, listen. No. She was one of those drunks where like... She was one of those drunks where she was like... Oh, like co she wasn't coherent, but she was up. You know, when your girls is like when you're blacked out, like that, don't know what the fuck's going on type shit. Like she was really she was awake up. and she was into it. She was wasted. So that was a clip of Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz on their show, which is called Brilliant Idiots. Right. And some people might say Charlemagne is an idiot. <laughs> 
But I think that, you know, he's living in his truth. And he discussed a lot of things that he'd been through, what happened, and how he transformed himself. And he's a different person now. He discussed that in Black Privilege. And he also has another book that's coming out as well. So I think the timing of this lawsuit is kind of suspect. Mm. But the jury's out on the verdict, and we'll see what actually happens. So that's our segment for what's going on in the entertainment world. Right, current events. But in black America, we're catching hell. Right, still. Still catching hell. If it ain't, you know, suspected racist and white supremacists calling the police on young African-American males. Yes, permit, permit patty. Yeah, selling newspapers, selling water without permit. Mm-hmm. Or just being black right. in America, then there's the encounter with police. Corrupt cops. Corrupt cops. So in Florida, you had a police chief that told his officers to pin crimes on black teams to boost crime statistics. Mm-hmm. And he got indicted, and he's a formal police officer now. Mm-hmm. They got rid of him. Right. And he was indicted for pressuring officers, like I said, to print crimes on African-American who had criminal records. And according to the Miami Herald, they state that if there was a burglary and the case was open and not solved, if a black person was walking down the street, they would be arrested and the crime would be pinned on them. So they were just arbitrarily... Pin crimes on black individuals. Wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time, exactly. After they run them, they records and see that they had a prior. So that's why when I go around the country and I speak on criminal justice and I speak to a lot of people on the entry, one of the questions I'm always asked is, you ever think you'll go back to jail, Raheem? Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, I don't know. And they'd be astonished. Like, what you mean you don't know? You know, and I, I tell them just by the virtue of the fact of me having a criminal past, I can be arrested arbitrarily for anything. And then when they look up my past, then they can say, yep, you fit you the did profile. It. Right. But what I can say is, I can't say that I won't be accused of a crime, but I can tell you that I will never commit a crime. You know, so there's a real thin line between that. So with this former police chief, there was 10 officers that wrote letters of complaints and was detailing what they was commissioned to do. And this led to the ongoing investigation and they finding out what this police chief was doing. So I guess when we say that um, there's a blue wall of silence and all police Not is bad. Not in this case. Because you uh, got what? up. Upwards of 10 police officers who came together and was like, nah, we ain't having it no more. Yeah. So there's an exception to the rule in this case. In this case. Yeah. But we need to see more of it. Let's be clear. Yes. We need to definitely see more of that. But my thing is this though, right? I look at everything as a whole. Like what atmosphere that is created that will allow a police chief to feel comfortable telling his officers 
this is what you can do. This is what I want you to do and perform these legal activities. You know, actually, the creator of The Wire, he actually talked about this and how a lot of these departments have quotas mm. and they actually try to reach these quotas and that's something that they do that's something that you know many black people in the black community have become targets of and it's not just here in this situation I'm sure it's across the country um, so this is just a positive outcome so far they got rid of them they did what they supposed to do hopefully we'll see more of it absolutely and one of the um Major takeaways from this is that during the tenure of the police chief, out of 30 burglaries, 29 of them were solved. Mm. So they had an almost 100% arrest record for burglaries. Right. So, you know, they get more federal dollars, they get more overtime, and this looks as a police department that is doing the job and they're fighting So their stats is on point. Yeah, the stats is on point. But, you know, this is nothing new. We've seen the incident where a lady that was working in the forensic Oh, yeah. Was um, thousands. Altered evidence and stuff. Altering evidence, yeah. evidence being tampered with. Mm -hmm. And um, she got a life sentence for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really um, off the top of my head. I don't know what the actual sentence was, but it was less than someone that committed a crime. So the One, time didn't nah, match the didn't crime? Match it, no. Okay. Because thousands of people got framed and yeah. was in jail for false allegations. And what they should have did was add up all the time that people did that was falsely accused, and she should have did that time. Mm. You know, But that wasn't the case. A lot of times what they do is they cut a deal. They want to find out who knew what, how did it happen, and if this was pervasive mm -hmm. all the way up the ranks. And if you can provide that information, they'll cut you a deal. You know, it's one hand wash the other and both wash the body. So with this case... Uh, do you think that prosecutors and people of that nature should also be held accountable? Well, if they didn't know, they're nah. not going to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to see what type of time he's going to get. Mm -hmm. You know, So we're going to definitely keep our ear to the streets and we're going to report back on this incident because a lot of times one thing that we do, family, is that we report things that are happening, but Don't the masses up. of the media never knows the outcome. Right. And a lot of times when the outcome does happen, it's printed in small fine print. It doesn't become headline and mainstream news. Mm, okay. So you think we should talk about that more? Like when you find out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep our people informed and keep our foot on their neck mm. because we have to change the narrative. And tell the story through our lens and through our eyes. Because if not, then we're going to be listening to You know what? I think you're right. Things. And at this point, a lot of the people in the community need to hear these success stories so they can keep on pushing and keep, on, you know, keep up the good fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what else we got going on? What else you got going on? What else? Well, um, let me see here. 
Um, besides the talk show here with you doing this podcast, um, I have um, some projects I'm working on. I ain't really ready to reveal yeah. right now. I understand um, But that. just enjoying my time here. All right. I definitely understand that because I got some projects I'm working on. Some of them I let people know about. Um, some of them I don't, if, especially if it's in this infant stage, because people will steal your ideas. Oh, absolutely. You know, they definitely will steal your ideas. And then you don't want to put nothing out there prematurely. Right. But what I will say, I have a book that's coming out. And it's called Radical Hope in the 21st Century. I also have another movie that I'm working on. Um, it's called Africa, Africa Town. And I'm real excited about that. I'm excited too. I can't wait. Yeah. You seeing a few? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm liking what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. You're seeing a few takeaways from it. So I'm over here. I'm working. I'm out here. I'm in the community. And I'm doing what I do. Mm. But family, we got a lot of things we got to do, so we're going to end this podcast. I just wanted to jump on here and talk to the family. Next week, we're going to have another guest, another surprise guest, and we're going to keep this thing going. But what I want everybody to do, I want y'all to go to necessaryblackness at gmail and send us an email about topics individuals that you think that are worthy of us interviewing and putting them on this podcast because we want to highlight those that are in the community that's doing work, those that need to be honored because we need to give them their flowers while they're still here. And as y'all know that we don't accept monetary compensation from the open enemy we do run ads on our show. Anybody interested in placing an ad on our show should hit us up at Necessary Blackness Podcast at Gmail. And also, if you're interested in getting our merch, hit us up. We got every size. We got it. So just hit us up. Let us know your size. Send us an email. And we'll get back to you within 24 hours. My name is Raheem Shabazz. I'm Marcia Levy. And this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I will see you same time, same place next week. Peace. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned. And we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Family, do not forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And my handle's at Raheem Shabazz. Also, you can reach us at NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. And we do have the Necessary Blackness Podcast t-shirts on deck. So make sure you go to our website and you get your merch with us. Peace of Black Power, family. <laughs>